Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. But anyway, uh, kind of what, you know, give, give us the steps leading up to kind of your, your um, you know, your Kickstarter launch. Well, yeah, sure. I can tell you where I am now. So what I've done is about six. So I came up with this idea about a year ago and I really cemented it in my head. Okay, I'm going to do this. This is too good of an idea. I have some friends. It's, it's just weird how small the world is. I have a really close friend of mine from college who's married now to a guy that is a professional board game developer. She's a, a, by the way, this is, this is another crazy thing. So there's this uh, trade group called Gamma, okay? And it's the Game Association something of America, okay? They have about 1,200 members. Every professional board game designer is in this, and there's less than 200 professional board and card game designers in the country. That's, a, that's 200 people. Okay. And here's the thing also about Kickstarter that people don't realize the board game section of Kickstarter has done over a billion dollars in sales. Okay. Now that's a drop in the bucket compared to Amazon. Don't get me wrong, but that's between like 200 people versus how many people are selling on Amazon. And you know, yes, it's a much smaller market, but it's a much bigger pie for or much bigger slice of that pie for each seller. That's part of the reason I like Kickstarter so much. The everyday carry category on Amazon, on uh, Kickstarter is equally like very lucrative, small amount of people, big amount of money. How do you check these metrics on Kickstarter? I would listen to a podcast and they said that <laughs> they actually released those, that info, but it'll be like over a billion or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And, and also a lot of people don't know this. Kickstarter is owned by Amazon. Uh, point to po- important to point out. So, um, so they do release some metrics, but it is, I believe, still private. Like it's not part of Amazon and that like you, you, like you can look up Amazon's revenue because it's a publicly traded company. It's public information. Kickstarter, it's not, but they do release very detailed numbers. So Got it. And would yeah. you say that, you know, there's definitely still a requirement to be a really great copywriter and uh, be able to properly design your Kickstarter page in order to get the most organic reach yes. on Kickstarter? Yes. And yeah. how much of your reach would you say is organic versus like when you're going to launch your new card game, which sounds really cool, by the way, um, when you're doing that, how much of your reach do you feel like you had to reach out and get, like you had to advertise for or reach out in groups and stuff like that versus people just coming to Kickstarter organically? Well, that's kind of hard to say. Um, One of the problems with Kickstarter, in talking to people that have done Kickstarters, not just my friends, but just, you know, it's funny, you know, you talk about meeting people. Um, So there was a trade show in uh, Ohio, a, couple months ago and I put it out like, Hey, if anybody needs a pit stop in Altoona, come to my place. You can crash on my couch. I had somebody that done over $10 million on Kickstarter, just chilling in my house, drinking gin and tonics and eating pizza Uh, and was able to really pick his brain quite a bit. Um, What the suggestion is, is to not at all rely on Kickstarter, rely on Kickstarter for any traffic. Okay. Assume zero. So like with a card game, but I want to make this more general. Let me tell you exactly where I'm at. So I came up with an idea about a year ago, about six months ago. I was like, I'm going to do this. So what I've been doing since then is building my Instagram. Okay. I genuinely believe that Instagram is the best social media for selling things. 
Humans are visual creatures. We are naturally predators. We're, our eyes are on the front of our face. If you know biology, you know your eyes are, if an animal's eyes are on the front of the face, they're a hunter, okay? So we want to look at images, okay? So I'm doing this party card game, which I'm looking at the people that are sharing, you know, here's my funny hand from Cards Against Humanity. If you like Cards Against Humanity, you're going to like my game. It's just, I'm the target market. I like Cards Against Humanity. I like my game. So it makes sense to me. I also have another game that I'm going to be working on that's a true crime card game. So, you know, like serial killers and stuff. So people that are following the My Favorite Murder, the, um, the Mind Hunter Instagram, the um, Paul Holes Instagram, he's a true crime guy. I'm get, trying to absorb that uh, into my Instagram and provide value with these people. So like a lot of times, like what I'm doing with like my true crime thing is I put out a serial killer fact every couple of days and it actually gets a lot of uh, really good organic traction that way. I've paid nothing for Instagram. I don't believe in paying for Instagram marketing. So what I'm work that's what I'm working on right now. And then I've also built some work in with some influencers and Going back to being real lucky with who I went to high school with, um, a girl that I went to high school with is a, per this is a real job, I promise. She is a professional meme maker. That's her job. She gets paid to do this and has a TV show on Adult Swim, okay? That, that's crazy. The world's a very, it's a very weird time to be alive. So I've worked with her and she's actually going to help me write some cards and has referenced me to some people that are also going to be able to help me with writing cards because I'm not a comedian, okay? So I need funny cards for my card game. I have some, and she was looking through some of them, and she's like, these are cringy. Like, they were, they were pretty bad. I, I, I'm embarrassed with some of these things that I wrote down. <laughs> um, so, so having somebody that's actually a professional comedian, and I'm paying her by the card that she writes. So, and then she also is going to do some affiliate stuff for me. But I, so that's where I'm building my traffic. I think that Instagram's the way to go. And then using her Instagram to leverage will be very, very powerful. I do have a Facebook for it and stuff like that. But for the most part, I'm just going to keep it all Instagram. There's also another website. And, and you know, I'm talking a lot about card games, but any, um, there's social networks. A lot of people don't realize this. They're like, oh, those social networks, that's Facebook. But there's like, card game or uh, board game geek okay bgg as the cool kids in the board game community call it bgg sup um that's a social media platform for board games okay and uh, you know if you're doing cat stuff there's got to be a social media uh, like thing just for cats that's not instagram <laughs> even though it does seem like instagram is 90 percent cats it's um, Reddit. That's what it Reddit, is. Okay. Reddit oh. is insane for okay. cats. And Reddit's insane for like board games and stuff too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but so I would say like, you know, we were talking about Instagram being like number one. And I would agree with that in most cases, except for like home decor, kitchen, stuff like that, that would oh, definitely Pinterest. be Pinterest. 100%, exactly. So, Pinterest. you know, you know, so yeah. that would be, but it's harder on Pinterest to build a, an audience in the way that you can interact with people on Instagram, right? Correct. So Correct. it's kind of, you know, it's like you definitely have to have different um, strategies for building out yeah. Pinterest or Instagram or Reddit or anything like that. Cause you know, if you post something even somewhat salesy on Reddit, they will just like ban you for life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, really cool. Yeah. So I've been building those for months, even though I don't even have a product finished. 
Okay, so what I've done recently is I've hired an art director who has designed the layout of my game. I've started working with some comedians. I also hired a guy that professionally writes card game instructions. That, again, I'm finding so many weird jobs I didn't know existed. Um, so there's a guy and I gave him my card game instruction manual and he's actually rewriting them to make sense and him and his wife and they have a play testing group. Um, and that's where I'm at right now. So I'm probably gonna launch this for the uh, either early next year or by the end of the year. This is not gonna be a Christmas delivery. It's way too late. Um, so a lot of people uh, do Kickstarters for like, I think the shortest you can do a Kickstarter is 14 days. And I think the longest you can do is 90 days. There's some like rules on that on different categories, but you have to look it up specifically for what you're doing. And um, that's what I've been working on um, and just going ahead with it. And here's the thing about it. All of this has cost me less than a thousand dollars. Okay. Like, you know, the guy, the, the comedians are all working on writing this stuff. I've given them what I want. I've shown them the cards I've already written and I'm actually going to pay them. I pay them about a hundred bucks a card they write. Okay. And then some residual. So it's, it's, you know, a lot of the money is all in the back end. You know, Cards Against Humanity did like $5 million on Kickstarter. And it's the number one card game on Amazon. It's the number one toy on Amazon, I should say. If you look up, it's ranked one in toys. Okay. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these people are hoping that I'm that successful because I would owe them a lot of money because they're getting a little bit of a residual from stuff. So, and that's kind of how I'm funding this fairly inexpensively. Okay. And then what I'll do is there's a printing, there's custom printers that'll print low qual I'm sorry, low quantity amounts of card games. So I can get like uh, 50 and they'll, 50 of them will be about $500 or so, uh, about 10 bucks a deck. And then I'm going to get them out to reviewers because again, with any niche, you know, cats or board games, um, you know, there are people whose entire Instagram is just card games, Th them playing and reviewing card games. There's Twitch streams, there's YouTube, there's uh, what's the new windows one that everybody I forget what that one's called, but you know, there's all these streaming people that are just doing board game reviews. It's a huge thing. Yeah, Chris, you made a lot of great points that I want to bring up. Like one of the things that you mentioned is you kind of talked about how to find your audience where, you know, one of the most effective ways to do it. Number one, you want to find out where your audience is in Chris's case. Uh, you know, that's on, um, on Instagram, but, uh, like, like Amy was saying, you know, if it's a homeware, maybe it's uh, Pinterest, if it's, uh, something business related, maybe it's LinkedIn. Uh, so the first step is to, to, to just do a little bit, bit of research and see where people are talking or sharing or, you know, interacting the most around whatever that niche is. And then once you figure out the social network, then you go in and you start finding out who the influencers are. Um, like, like Chris was saying, I, I like the gratuitous cats. Uh, the, the cats are, are, are allowed in the, the frame at all times. Sometimes Amy <laughs> get, get some, some, some furry friends. The uh, problem we, is, is he wants to sit on my keyboard. Uh, That's the problem. That, that could be an issue. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we are a pro pets, uh, podcast, <laughs> so you can bring your pet onto this podcast. It's uh, completely acceptable. Um, but, uh, back, back to that. So, so you want to figure out, you know, wh where your audience is. And then once you're there, um, then you, that's where you want to deep dive and figure out what they're talking about, who they're talking about, who's the, who are the big, uh, you know, influencers. And then as Chris was saying is, is interact with those influencers and try to start poaching people away, 
um, you know, one of the ways, one of the easy ways to do it is to just, you know, if, if, if one of those influencers is posting something that's very relevant to what you're doing, you know, you, you chime in with a comment that is uh, both helpful and, or entertaining, but then you, you know, also is kind of getting your, yeah. your, your product and name out there. So I think it's also super important if, if the question is, Oh, who is your target market? And your answer is everybody you're, you've messed something up. Not everybody is your target market, you know? And, and I keep it simple. My target market is myself very often. Um, so that, I think that makes it easy for me. But if I wanted to target somebody that wasn't me, you just talk to them. Just, you know, it's easy enough, you know, and, and to like Amy's point, you know, with like Pinterest, I might be, I'm pulling this number out of the top of my head that I had read it a little while ago. Like 68% of Pinterest users are women, something like that, something crazy. You know, I mean, if you look at Pinterest, you definitely understand why. I mean, it's so, it's so fashion oriented. Yeah, I think it might even be, I think it might even be higher than that. But yeah, it's, it's a hugely uh, uh, women influenced uh, network. Yeah. Also outside of LinkedIn, it is the number one GDP or like the average earner, the average amount of money that the person that uses interest, the, the average amount of money that somebody earns is highest on Pinterest. So you're targeting the people that have the most amount of money, which, I mean, if you want to do a high end product, that's what you want to market towards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Chris, another, another thing, you know, some other things that people uh, don't think about that I think can work really well as well is, you know, start a blog on the subject and reference people, you know, just write about it, write about the process of creating the game. That could also be really interesting. Um, you know, t- talk about the struggles uh, that you're having and, you know, whether it's a car game, whether it's a PL product, you know, something like that, um, you know, you know, document it, uh, or create a podcast or, you know, in other words, when, you know, once you build that audience, uh, and, and you know who that audience is, you know, they're, they're, you know, males age 30 to 45 who like to sit on their couch and eat cheese covered popcorn and watch Netflix, then boom, you can go back and go, okay, so that guy likes to play cards. He likes to drink um, India Pale Ale. <laughs> he, you know, he he goes out to, till till three a.m. Sorry, Chris, I'm not using. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm building my own avatar. You might fit into that avatar, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't like IPAs. I'm just saying. I'm just okay, saying. okay. Well, the, see, see, so I didn't know my target audience there. So no, I'd have to re- do some more research. I'd have to go <laughs> dig through your trash can and see what kind of uh, empty cans and bottles I find. The other <laughs> advice that I love to give people when they're doing research is. Um, to keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And that means study the heck out of the leaders in your space. You should know who the leaders in your space are and you should know what their web footprint looks like, what they're doing, and you need to be prepared to do it better. So that is what I love when I was coming up with my cat product. I studied the heck out of every competitor. And now that it's out there, I still study the heck out of every competitor. Where are they at? Where are they hanging out? How are they advertising? How are their reviews looking? How does my product look against theirs? And it's the same on any platform, Absolutely. right? Instagram, Absolutely. Amazon, you know, wherever you're at, Kickstarter, you want to see what other p- people are putting out there and how does yours stack up? Well, and, and that's kind of where I came to. Um, so a game I bought off Kickstarter, I, I backed the Kickstarter was Bears versus Babies. And I bought it. I thought it was going to be so cool. I get it. It's so complicated. I couldn't figure out how to play it. And it's supposed to be a card game. And I'm like watching the video. There's like a 15 minute long video to watch it. And I'm like, this is not entertaining. 
it's too complicated. I bought it to play with my niece and nephew for uh, 18 and 12. It was so complicated, we couldn't figure it out. And they're very smart. Um, it, so the thing is, is in the sphere that I am with my card game idea, one of the things about particular game elements is you can't patent or copyright them. Okay, so like you can make a game that's an exact copy of Monopoly. As long as you don't call it Monopoly, you can't patent any of it. Okay, it's impossible. Um, so, um, Amy, you're making a face. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so we um, going forward with that, what I did was I bought all of my competitors in, this, in the market that I want to do. And I also looked at the reviews of them on Amazon. Very basic private label product uh, strategy. And just saw everybody like, I think this could be fun, but it was too hard to play. I think this was fun, but it took too long. Like the one game in my sphere, you have to reshuffle or redeal everybody a hand after every round. Like in Cards Against Humanity, you just pick up a card. Well, that takes one second. In this one, you have to give somebody seven cards and take back cards and reshuffle decks and do that while drunk. It's not fun, <laughs> you know? So, so I just wanted a card game where you put down a card and pick up a card because, you know, 12 Bud Lights in, I can do that. And Chris, that, that's, uh, that's a great point. And, and it goes back to what Amy was saying too. If, you know, what Chris just did is he just dissected uh, a card game and figured out what didn't work. So then when he puts his product out, he's not going to make those same mistakes. And that, exactly. uh, that process is good for anything, games or, you know, a product on Amazon. Go yeah. look at your top competitor and see what people are griping about. And then when you bring your, you know, when you release your product, make sure that you've, uh, you know, uh, solved all those pain points and then it's almost impossible for you to not do better than those people because you're, uh, you know, you're now, um, you know, th that much ahead in the fact that you're kind of version 2.0 of what they put out and exactly. you kind of, uh, you know, addressed all those pain points. So that was a, a great uh, insight there. Chris and Amy, you get both, both get credit for that one. Aww. Stars. <laughs> Five stars. So, so, so Chris, um, uh, can you give me some, just, just some like general, like if you were starting out on, uh, I know you, you're, you're doing RA, but you're also kind of, it seems like you're, you're getting more into PL, uh, in the, in the PL side. Uh, but it doesn't matter for, for any of them. Uh, any, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, fairly new or, uh, you know, just starting out. We also have some advanced people as well, but, um, you know, more so for, uh, the people starting out, do you have any kind of, um, you know, tips that you can give that maybe you tripped on when you were first starting out any, any kind of gold nuggets there that you can give people, uh, to, to kind of help them, you know, get past, uh, get, get to the next level. You know, I think one of the biggest tips is to get an accountant like real quick. Um, a lot of people don't do that. They ask tax advice. I'm like, don't, don't ask tax advice on Facebook. Oh man. The bad tax advice I see on Facebook. Oh, oh. Um, I, I got lucky. I have an all-star accountant. She's awesome. Uh, she's a former friend. Well, she's a friend of mine's mom. She bakes me cookies. You know, it, it, she's great. Um, but the thing is, is like before I had my account, I went and I bought my cargo van. If you guys have ever seen a photo. I drive around in this rusted out, beat up cargo van. And she's like, Chris, why didn't you lease a cargo van? Because you make enough money to do that. And I'm like, well, I didn't know I could do that. She's like, well, that's why you need an accountant. So now I have my crappy cargo van. I'm going to keep it till it dies. And then I'm going to lease a van or maybe, you know, buy one and finance it and all that stuff. And I'll talk to my accountant about it. She has saved me and made me so much money. Okay. Snowball. <laughs> By the way, this is my lovely cat, Snowball. Cat vision. 
Yeah. Hello, Snowball. <laughs> so, um, so get an accountant early. Accountants are tax deductible. So anything that I pay her comes right off my taxes. Um, the number of times that I have texted her, hey, can I buy this and tax deduct it? And she's like, yes, you can, or no, you can't, has helped me very much. Um, and, uh, you know, so that kind of stuff, it's very helpful. Um, I would really recommend people really understand stacking discounts. Stacking discounts is what takes you from good to great um, in this business. I don't think I have ever paid full price for a retail arbitrage product. Well, except when I first started, you know, so, so, you know, even Walmart, I have ways to get better deals. I source a lot from grocery stores, just straight up going to a grocery store and buying a thousand of an item. They don't care. Um, and if you stack that right, um, I get about 10% cash back from one of my local grocery stores in the form of gas. So like very,